From the Thai Cats Audio Network, this is Thai Cats Today with Braden Neville. Hello, I'm Braden Neville, and thank you for listening to this bi week episode of Thai Cats Today for this Thursday, October 19th, 2023. And joining me on today's show is the voice of the Hamilton Tiger Cats, host of Run It Back, W6, Thai Cats This Week, and of course, the man on the call for your Thai Cats game days, Mr. RJ Broadhead. RJ, how you doing, man? Hey, Braden. That makes me sound like I'm really busy. That's a lot. <laughs> I had to get a great, in, a big intro for you because there's so much you do for the team. So it, the list is endless. I'm sure there's more things I could have mentioned there. But RJ, how's this bye week been for you and, and kind of gearing up for this next couple of weeks here, some big weeks for the Ticats? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a good last game, an exciting game against BC. And it would have been nice to win that, although it didn't really matter because Montreal took care of business anyway. So... I was really hoping that that last game of the regular season would turn out to be important and the winner would host the East semifinal. It didn't work out that way. So (laughs) I don't know what to expect. I'll I'll be talking to the team, obviously, going into that next game. But I can't imagine they're playing in the playoffs that we're going to see um, anything that is planned for that playoff game. So it'll be probably a pretty conservative game with some players that we don't normally see. But as far as the bye week goes, um, the answer is I would have been a lot more excited if if Montreal had a lost and Hamilton yep. had a won, but it, it didn't work out that way. So a uh, couple games until, well, one game until it matters and that throw away the whole season. Yep. Playoffs, they're in, they got to go to Montreal and win and then we'll see what happens. It's an exciting time and back-to-back weeks in Montreal, so they're going to be seeing a lot of Quebec in the next little while. RJ, I want to talk about Bo Levi Mitchell and what he's been able to do since he's returned to this lineup. What have you seen from him? And he really hasn't looked out of place at all in these last couple weeks. Yeah, you're right, Braden. It's surprising. You missed 10 weeks, and he came in and and looked really good in the first two games he he took part in. Um, I kind of like what's happening with the Tiger Cats right now with – Bo playing a little bit and Matt Schiltz playing a little bit. The the reason I say that is I think it's going to be difficult for the opposition defense Mm -hmm. if they've got to prepare for two quarterbacks. So we don't know what's going to happen come the the East semifinal, but it might be a good strategy if the Tiger Cats mix in Matt Schiltz as well. But Foley by Mitchell, they went out to get him to win the Grey Cup. Mm -hmm. And... He's going to be the guy. He has so much experience. He was able to watch a lot, too, which sometimes isn't a bad thing. With that injury, he was able to observe, and and I, I really like what I've seen from him. I've really liked what I've seen from Matt Schiltz. So yeah. it went from who's our quarterback to Taylor Powell really performing well and getting this team in a playoff position, and then Bo and, and Matt come back and have been exceptional. So I'm excited for that. East semifinal. We know bowling by Mitchell will start. Yep. And, you know, hopefully he can get the team off to a, a huge lead. And that's what they need. First quarters have been slow. So if they can get off to a fast start, that'll give us a pretty good indication on what the result might be. Yeah. And, and it's, it's a kind of a good problem. I wouldn't say problem, but it, it's a good situation they're in because you have three quarterbacks here and each, each one of them could start for this team and, and has proven they can be that guy. 
I want to transition a little bit here and talk a little Just bit Just let more. me jump in there, Braden, yeah. if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Actually, four quarterbacks, because Kyle Oxley has come in and has been automatic on short yardage. So I really think come the playoffs, there's a tough decision. Yes. Because you're going to have short yardage moments in that game. And Loxley's a big guy. He's versatile. We haven't seen him a lot at quarterback. We've seen him score a touchdown as a receiver. We've seen him on the hand steam yeah. on an onside kick. And he secured a, a win with a, a great leaping catch. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see the, the quarterbacks who, who dress for the East semifinal. But Kyle Loxley is really made a niche for himself on this Ticats team. Yeah, I shouldn't have left him out because he has been so... He's been so big on those short yardage plays and he's able to get them when they have those one yard and plays that they need to get a first down. He's been able to be that guy and he, he's a big part of this. How do you think you kind of approach this upcoming game at the quarterback situation, RJ? It's it's kind of a tough question right now with this. This game doesn't really mean a whole lot. You got to be careful, but every single quarterback on this team is important. Yeah, it is interesting, and, and we don't have access to the team right now, so I'm looking forward to next <laughs> week and, and finding out what the plan is. Bo hasn't played a lot, so it'll probably be up to him, I would assume, you know, if he wants to play or you know play a few series. Same with Matt Schiltz. I would expect if Taylor Powell is healthy enough that he will be heavily involved in that final regular season game, and it's not out of the realm of possibility that Kyle Oxley may be gets a half too. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. My, again, my assumption is that Bo and, and Matt will have the option if they want to play a little bit, just because they have missed a lot of time. If yep. they don't feel they're ready, they might want to get a few reps in there, but you don't want, I don't even want to say it, no. but you, you, you don't want to lose anyone in a game that doesn't mean anything. No, yeah, we won't even speak that into existence, <laughs> RJ. Um, the MVP or one of the best players for this Ticats offense all season has been James Butler. He's been so consistent and he's, he's a thousand yard rusher and he's had such a great campaign. But what have you seen watching him this season and what he's been able to do and bring to this offense? Yeah, I think he's relentless. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of games. We know he's being keyed on by the defense. Whatever team the Tiger Cats are playing, they don't want James Butler to beat them. So, so often they clog things up. There's nothing there, but he keeps coming and coming. And it seems, you know, a few times a game, he pops through that, that initial front seven and, and turns it into a big gain. And over a thousand yards, it's crazy when you think how long it's been since the Tiger Cats have had a thousand yard yeah. rusher. DeAndre Cobb in 2010, and, and James Butler comes in, and, and there has been some inconsistencies. There's been some quiet games mm -hmm. for, for the running game, and for him to still put up a, a 1,000 yards is so impressive, and let's not forget how good he is receiving as well. Yes. He's come in. He, he's one of the, the leaders in the league in yards after the catch, and he leads the Tiger Cats in that category, and we've seen that on – on checkdowns where you need a first down, second and long, check down to James Butler and, hey, JB, do your thing yep. and, and he'll get a first down. He, he's been so valuable and that just opens everything else up for the offense. When, when the running game has to be focused on by the defense, then you get some opportunities with the, the passing game. 
And I think a big part of that has to do with that offensive line. And we've really seen that offensive line this second half of the season. You've seen guys come in and certain guys piece into that O-line as the year has gone on. But but I think they've really come into their own this second half. And, and you've heard James Butler talk about it. You've heard uh, the quarterbacks talk about just how important they've been for their success. Yeah, the offensive line, it's funny. I talked to David Beard a couple of weeks ago, Braden, and and we kind of laughed because if the offensive line is not being talked about, yeah. it means they're playing really well. And exactly. it's sort of unfortunate that it's it's a position like that, that if nobody really notices you, hey, the running back was great. Hey, the quarterback <laughs> never was under pressure, never was scrambling. Well, that's a big reason yep. why is the offensive line. So it's it's kind of an unsung position, but David Beard came in last year and, and really turned things around for the Tiger Cats. Brandon Revenberg, he's plays nearly every game. He's so consistent. Um, Coulter Woodmansey has developed a, a young offensive uh, lineman and, and yep. being able to learn from some so many veterans. Tyrone Riley. He's stepped in. Jordan Murray has switched tackle spots, and and Jordan Murray's been a, an excellent add there too. He Huge. is so big and and good. And I did talk to Chris Van Zyla. It's a few weeks ago now, but I asked him, you know, uh, any chance? And he says, yeah, yeah, there's a chance. So we'll see what happens in the playoffs. He hasn't uh, really. He's he's been in the lineup, but hasn't played a lot. Yeah. So even to have Chris Van Zyla out there. Uh, would be a huge boost for the playoffs. So maybe there's even some more support coming to that offensive line. Don't write that in stone yet. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't know, but I know Chris has been working really hard to get get back and, and make an impact on this Ticats team. Yeah, and I, I talked to Chris too last week, and and he did say there were some positive results in, in what he's been doing in his training. So that's another big piece that you would love to see come back. One final guy I want to talk about on the offense, I can't skip past this guy, is Tim White. I mean... This guy, every single season, you think he can't get any better, and and this season he gets even better. He's one of the best receivers in the league, I believe, second in receiving yards this season. But but does anything he do, does surprise you anymore, RJ? Not really. No, he's <laughs> he, he came in and he's just such a, a fast guy. I re, I remember there was conversations, you know, who who's faster, Brandon Banks or Tim White, and mm-hmm. and you know Tim would always just kind of laugh, but. I watch him in practice, and he's just so light on his feet. He yeah. just floats, and and I, I love when it's a foot race with the defense Good luck. on yeah. some of those long passes because you know they're not going to catch yeah. Tim White, and he knows they're not going to catch him, so he's kind of got that extra gear if they get close. He's able to, to break away. That's such a weapon to have when, when you can have somebody like Tim White who can break a game like that on one play. It's he's, he's just fun to watch. You love the explosive plays. You you love to see dynamic plays, and and Tim White can do it. I, I want to say one more thing about James Butler that I've really enjoyed this year yeah. is is speaking with him. And I know you've spoken with him a lot too, Braden. And he always has a smile on his face when he has a successful game. He's always more excited that his mom's happy. Yes, which, you know. <laughs> My mom was near and dear to me, so that always warms my heart when he has that big smile that that yep. she's so so proud of him. And uh, he did say, I asked him about a, a thousand yards. I said, "Was that your goal this year?" And he said, "No, the goal's way higher than that." <laughs> he wouldn't tell me what the goal is. Yep. But 
he, he said maybe we'll talk at the end of the season. So hopefully we'll we'll find out what uh, what his goal was. And I guess you know going back to that game against Montreal, uh, the final regular season game, he might not be. Yeah, do you really want him to chase that goal in that in that game? <laughs> maybe chase it in the playoffs. Right, let's let's yeah, keep you healthy, right. JB. But, but yeah, no, I totally agree. And, and JB and Tim White and those guys. Now, the all-star selections are coming up, RJ. I think there's a couple guys on this Ticats offense that could be an all-star potentially. Who do you think has the best chances right now, if you had to say? On offense? Yeah, on offense. Yeah, well, Brandon Revenberg put him in immediately. Course, yeah. You know, he, he's going to be there. Uh, James Butler has to be considered. Tim White has to be considered. Um <laughs> They won't have a quarterback. Yeah. However, every one of the quarterbacks of the Tiger Cats deserves a gold star for what they've they've done this year. Absolutely. And Taylor Powell coming in and and keeping the team close won't be an all star, but it's been a, a key position. And seeing Taylor step in and and hold things down to me, that's been a a real key to the season. Not many teams can get this far with, you know, I'll say it in quotes third string quarterback Taylor yes. Powell's proven he's he's better than the third string quarterback but y- we didn't know we didn't know coming in with this 24 year old rookie um I like how Terry Godwin's played yeah. uh, he probably won't be an all-star but he's been an all-star for the Tiger Cats um David Beard I, I would think you know there's a lot of guys that'll to- get considered so but yeah yeah I, I think the guys we talked about with James Butler Tim White Brandon Revenberg I'd be shocked if those guys aren't all-stars. I agree, and I'm going to switch to the defense here. First guy I want to talk about is Simone Lawrence. I mean, he's riddled with injuries last season. You're not really sure which Simone you're going to see, even though we should have never doubted Simone, and I didn't. But <laughs> but here he comes into this season. He has the year he's had. He looks like he's 26, 27 years old again. But But just what can you say about him and what he's been able to do? Yeah, he's forever 21, Brady. Forever 20, yes, yes. Let's not forget that. Yeah, 21. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. You, you never doubt Simone. He almost likes when when people do mm-hmm. and wants to prove people wrong. He, he epitomizes what the Hamilton fans want to see. They want to see a guy leave it out there on the field every single game, no matter what the score is. And Simone plays every down hard. Yep. Opponents don't like him. And he's just fine with that. That's usually a sign of a good player when the opponents don't like you. He's he's put up some amazing numbers, uh, especially second half of the season. Big time. And I asked him about it, and he, he said, it's just that time of year. Got to step up. Got to lead by example. Mm-hmm. And that's what he does. He, he's been so good. And I, I love talking to Simone. And he's a guy who you'll follow. Mm-hmm. as a as a teammate and even Jamal Davis yeah he said that's one of the reasons he was excited about coming to Hamilton was Simone Lawrence was here and then he said I'd like to be vocal and Simone's pushing me to be more vocal so <laughs> imagine those two up there <laughs> it's a scary thought <laughs> <laughs> at the beginning of the year I saw you sit down with Jameer Thurman and it was the first time I ever got to meet Jameer and, and you sat down and you interviewed him and I just remember hearing in the first minute of him chatting with you and I thought to myself this guy is going to be a problem this season and sure enough he has been but but has he's come as advertised but what have you seen from him he's a pro yeah he he is a pro even when the team plays well and the defense plays well 
there's still room for improvement. Mm -hmm. It's not perfect. He's always shooting for perfection, but is smart enough to realize there's no such thing. You'll never have a perfect game, but strive for it. That should be your goal going into so many games. And what I love about him, and we've seen it in the last few games, one-on-one tackles that have been crucial. And those are hard to make. You ask any defensive player, when when you're one-on-one with a receiver, a running back, he's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And he's been able to make some key tackles. He might not be as, as vocal as uh, Simone Lawrence, but he is also a leader and a guy you want to follow. I, I, I just, I, I said to him one time, you don't like to lose, do you? He goes, why do you think that? <laughs> <laughs> he threw it back at me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, I can kind of relate, you know. it's yeah. You have to strive for perfection that's what we do in our broadcast there'll never be a perfect show but you have to try for it and it's I I see it with with Jameer Thurman he's been fun to watch he's to me what I'm calling the game and I'm sure a lot of the fans when they're watching him he's a sure thing yeah if he has a chance at a tackle he's gonna make it and as a defense, you want guys like that, and that's why he, he leads the team in tackles and has set, had such a, a great season. And he said right from that very interview, Braden, the goal is the Grey Cup, yep. and he did not mince words. That is the goal. He wasn't afraid to say Grey Cup. That was in training camp. And now the focus is win that East semifinal, go to Toronto, and let me tell you, these Tiger Cats can't wait to go to Toronto if they're able to win that game against Montreal because, hey, you're going to win all the regular season games you want. Mm-hmm. There's one game that matters, and everybody knows it's the East Final, and Jameer Thurman will be a guy who I expect to see some great things come November. And you, you hit the nail on the head there, Adrian, and I believe it was Bo Levi Mitchell who said he's been on some teams that have won that West Division with ease and they ended up losing to nine and eight teams in the playoffs and, and they're in the Great Cup. So, I mean, anything can happen. We're a one month away exactly. One guy, I don't want to keep you too much longer, Adrian, but there's one more guy we need to talk about on that defense. There's a couple guys, but this one I want to talk about is Stavros Katsantonis. I mean, this guy has emerged into one of the best players in the league on defense, one of the best Defensive players, second in the league in interceptions, I believe. But but where did this guy come from? I mean, it seems like he just came out of nowhere and just never stopped. Yeah, well, opportunity. Yeah. Tunde Adelike is one of the best safeties in, in the CFL when he's healthy. Yeah. And so for Stavros, he was just kind of an injury replacement. A game here, a game there. Uh, maybe gets put in certain scenarios, but... The door opened for him with the injured Tunde, and, and he stepped in, and he has been so good at his timing. I talked to him about it with hits, with interceptions. Like He's made some ridiculously difficult interceptions where he's diving, he's Crazy. tipping balls, he's crushing guys. <laughs> I go back to that Calgary game with Reggie Begleton. At the time, that was an important win Very. for the Tiger Cats because the Stampeders still had a chance at the crossover and certainly didn't want them coming to Tim Hortons Field and winning that game. And early on, Stavros threw that unbelievable hit on Begleton. I don't know how he came back in the game, but there's no way that guy was 100%. (laughs) And you saw a couple of Stampeders going over the middle, letting up on balls that they failed to make the catch because... Number 30 was was in their head. And I know you've talked to Stavros a lot, Braden. 
He is articulate. I know he's got a YouTube channel, and he does some great stuff on it mm -hmm. and analyzes football. Maybe not so much during the season. He's a little busy with the Tiger Cat. Bit, but, yeah. yeah, check it out. He, he's definitely got a, a future in, in media. He's a great speaker. He understands the game and knows how to articulate that. But uh, I even said it to him. He's violent in a good way yeah. on the football field. And you go back to Rob Hitchcock days. Like, Hitch would throw these unbelievable hits, and we're seeing that from Stavros Katsantonis. And to just have that in the receiver's mind that, hey, if you come over the middle, you could be in trouble, uh, that, that, that's all you got to do. You yep. just have to have that thought in there, and that'll open up some, some plays and maybe some more interceptions. It, I believe, if you had to say, RJ, I, I think all those guys I just mentioned are all possible all-stars this season and I, I think there's also more guys we didn't mention like you look at Casey Sales and the list can go on Chris Edwards all these guys who have came in and done so well on that defense for those Ticats fans who can't watch their Ticats this weekend there are some games RJ I wanted to get your thoughts on on these two games who do you think's more likely to get the victory we got Saskatchewan against the Argonauts and then we got Calgary against BC so I mean they're both battling for that playoff spot but what do you who do you think's got more of a chance in this? Yeah, man, I. <laughs> it's a tough one. Putting you on the spot, RJ. Well, those are both tough games because you mm -hmm. said it. Uh, you know, BC's. I was talking to Moj, the play-by-play -play announcer of the Lions, and they play. They'll finish their regular season before Winnipeg plays another game. So yeah, basically, true. they they have to they have to win. They mm -hmm. took care of business barely. Barely, yes, yeah. Field. Uh, so Calgary will have their hands full, but man, like I can't believe it's happening to Saskatchewan again. Late it's crazy. The they lost seven in a row last year. They were hosting the Grey Cup. They missed the playoffs. They were a shoe-in for the playoffs last season, mm -hmm. and here they are again, third place most of the year, and it's all coming crumbling down. There's a lot of pressure in that yep. market. Um, so, man, I... I Argos don't have a lot to play for, but they're not going to, hate to say it, but the Argos, we've kind of seen it too against the Tiger Cats. They're, they're a good team no matter who they have in there. They're yep. very good. They, they do their homework. They're prepared for teams. Argos are going to be extremely tough to beat. I, I'm worried about the Riders. I, I, yeah. I'm really worried, and that would be uh, devastating for that market if they miss the playoffs again in almost the exact same way with a, a second-half collapse. So, I don't know. I'm with you, RJ. I'm with you, RJ. I, yeah. I agree. I, I'm thinking the same thing. I, I would say neither one should win, the Stamps or the Riders, if you look at it <laughs> on paper. But yes. who knows? It's the CFL, and it's always exciting. Well, one more thing, RJ. We're one month away now from the Grey Cup. We want the Ticats to be in it, but how excited are you for, for this whole event to happen, this Grey Cup festival, and, and what this is going to look like in the city of Hamilton and, and to bring it here and bring it home to Hamilton? It, it's unbelievable. I, I just, you know, I, I just kind of smile at the, the Hamilton Sports Group and what they've done and been able to, the talent that they've been able to bring in as far as entertainment is, mm -hmm. is mind boggling. It's going to be, you have to go no matter who's in the gray cup. Of course, everybody wants their, their favorite team to be playing in it, but what an event this is going to be. There's, there's something every single day, great entertainment every single night. There's, 
uh, easy transportation from Niagara to Hamilton. So they, they've looked after everything. They're shutting down streets. The Santa Claus Parade is part of the, the Grey Cup yep. festivities. It's, it, it's just going to be so much fun. And I mean, Carrie Underwood, Green Day, the, the <laughs> musical insane. acts just keep coming in every day, it seems. So it, it's going to be so much fun. Have you been to a Grey Cup before? This is my first Grey Cup, RJ, and, and I got to say, this is the most excited I've been for a sporting event in, in a long, long time, so well, it's, it's, it's going to be great. Yeah, so start racking up your sleep now, <laughs> because you're going to go without it that week. <laughs> We're going to be busy. We're going to be busy. Well, RJ, I appreciate you joining the show, and I'm looking forward to seeing you back at Tim Hortons Field and, and seeing the Ticats return to the field for their final game of the season. So once again, RJ Broadhead, thanks for being on the show today. Hey, good chatting with you, Braden. That was RJ Broadhead, and we mentioned it only one month away from the Grey Cup. And the Dirty Nil have been announced as the latest addition to a stacked lineup for the Built in the Hammer Grey Cup Music Festival. The Juno Award winners and Hamilton natives will rock Fan Central on James Street on Thursday, November 16th, as part of the Sirius XM Grey Cup Festival kickoff party, setting the stage for a weekend combining Hamilton's love of music and football. More news will roll out as the city and region gear up to host Canada's biggest and best party, including, of course, the 110th Grey Cup game, the championship of the Canadian Football League at Tim Hortons Field on Sunday, November 19th, one month away, where global punk rock superstars and one of my favorite bands of all time, Green Day, will headline the Twisted Tea Grey Cup halftime show. So there's lots to look forward to. We're really gearing down towards this Grey Cup in Hamilton, and I cannot wait. That's all the time for me today. I want to thank you for listening to Ticats today. <laughs>